Welcome to Wisdom and the Word Podcast, the show that not only answers your questions from God's Word, but equips believers with the foundational truths for their faith. We're excited that you've taken time to join us and hope that today's content is valuable to you. In today's episode, Pastor Wiley continues his study through the book of Hebrews. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Wisdom and the Word. This is Tune-Up Tuesday as we continue on in our study of Hebrews chapter number 10. Today we'll be reading Hebrews chapter 10 beginning in verse 19 down through verse number 25 and uh, we'll take it verse by verse as uh, we get into today a little summary of some of the things that have been taught in the book. We're, We're coming to a culmination of some things. Let's begin here in Hebrews chapter 10 beginning in verse number 19. The Bible says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching." Our author here in the book of Hebrews has been laying out a a pattern, been laying out a picture for us that goes all the way back into the Old Testament with Old Testament priesthood, Old Testament sacrifices, Old Testament service, Old Testament building of the tabernacle, and he's trying to help us understand how Christ is better than the Old Testament service, better than the Old Testament sacrifices, better than the Old Testament priesthood, better than the Old Testament high priest, better than the pictures of the tabernacle, that he's the fulfillment of these things. As we uh, open here, he tells us in chapter 10 that there's a shadow of things and that the shadow could not save. The shadow was there for the particular purpose of being able to be able to show us what was to come. And then we found out in verses 5 to 10 that Christ has come and he has given himself once for all. He is a substitute for us. Then we looked in verses 11 to 18 at his priestly work and how Jesus sat down after finishing the work that he's done. And now when we come to verse 19, we come to a section that's very exciting because he's going to help us understand what the culmination of the thoughts, not just of the of this chapter, but the thoughts that he's been building for quite some time, going really all the way back to chapter number three, the results of uh, the things that he has been writing. Let's begin here in verse uh, number 19. I have entitled this particular section, A New and and living way, a new and living way that comes directly out of what it says in verse 20 by a new and living way. The new way was the way that Christ had established. The living way was the way that Christ established. It was a way that he gave himself and resurrected and sat down. It is a completely different manner of approaching um, our salvation and uh, what God has done than what the Jews did in the Old Testament. So let's begin here in verse number 19 of our text. I want to see this new and living way. First off, let's talk about in the new and living way. 
way. Let's talk about in verse 19, coming by his blood, coming by his blood. You'll notice what he says in verse 19, having therefore, now again, he's attaching this to his previous teaching with the word therefore, the previous verses of, of chapter 10, as well as some of the things that have been happening earlier on in the book. When he says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now, remember, the holiest that we're talking about is the holiest of all, the most holy place. We're referring to that place where the Ark of the Covenant was, where the priest could only enter in once a year to offer the blood that was sacrificed on the mercy seat, that one sacrifice, that one day of a year. And now he's told us because of Christ's sacrifice, we now have the ability, we can come into the presence of God. That particular Ark of the Covenant was a picture of coming directly into the presence of God. Uh, It was a picture of the the work that God had done. And we find here in verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness, we can come boldly into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. That is because our high priest has come, Jesus, and offered himself without sin, one sacrifice for all, we have the ability now to come by his blood. We can enter into the presence of Christ. Our sins have been forgiven. Our sins have been expiated. They've been washed away, taken away by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, we have been made priests and the veil has been torn and we can enter into the very presence of God, uh, not to place really where the Ark of the Covenant is, but again, that holy place, that most holy place, represented the throne, the very presence of God. And now we, because of Christ's work, can enter directly into the presence of God. We come to him in prayer. One of these days, we're going to see him, and we're going to come into uh, his presence uh, in a, in a, as a perfect, uh, blood-washed saint of God. And he says here in verse number 19, we can come by his blood, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, by the blood of Jesus. Then, of course, as we continue on in verse number 20, we not only see that this new and living way we can come by his blood, but it's consecrated through his body. Consecrated through his body. Look at verse 20. By a new and living way, this is how we come. We come to Christ by a new and living way. What is this new and living way? Which he hath consecrated for us. And again, the consecrated is something that is set aside for particular usage. He says, he says, consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. How did they have to go into that most holy place? Well, they had to come through that veil, that large curtain that separated the holiest, the holy place from the most holy place the place where the priests were allowed to go as they ministered every day to the place where the high priest was only allowed to go once a year. How did all that transpire? How did all that happen? Well, Jesus Christ, according to the scripture, the veil represented his flesh. And as the veil was torn from top to bottom, bottom, so the flesh of Christ was torn from top to bottom. God struck the Lord Jesus Christ, smote him with our sin. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, we did esteem him smitten, stricken of God and afflicted. Jesus Christ was stricken of God. It was from the top down that uh, Christ was 
was given our sin and the iniquity of all of us was laid upon the Lord Jesus. And now we can come into the presence of God because it has been consecrated through his body, through his flesh, because of what he encountered on Calvary. Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God, which took away the sin of the entire world. And so as we come, this this way has been made for us, set aside for us, and we can only come into the presence of God in this new and living way through the body, the broken body, and through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we find in verse 19, we come by his blood. We find in verse number 20, it's consecrated through his body. We also find in verse number 21, as he ties this back to earlier teaching, that we are convinced by his business. We are convinced by his business. Look at verse 21. And having an high priest over the house of God. And as you watch what's happening here, it's not only by the blood of Jesus, it's not only by the body of Jesus, but it's also by the business of Jesus in verse number 21. That is, we have a high priest that's in charge, a high priest that has come and has taken charge of the needs of the sin of all the world. Uh, This goes back to uh, some of his teaching earlier on in Hebrews 4 and Hebrews 3 that deals with this matter of the priesthood how Jesus Christ is a better priest. Uh, he's better than the priest. And going back uh, even to his teaching on Moses and the covenant uh, back earlier on in chapter number three, uh, you find that uh, there were some some uh, differentiating as he talked about Moses um, and Moses' house versus the house of the Lord Jesus Christ. That Christ was, uh, he says in Hebrews 3, 6, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. That is, Moses was in a borrowed house. Moses built a house, uh, was built by some man. Uh, and, and Moses was a faithful servant, but Christ is the son. And because Christ is the son, he owns the house. He is the owner of the house. He's the one who receives the inheritance. And so he's talking about this work that Jesus has done, this high priestly work, this business of, of being over the house of God, being in charge and in command. We ought to be thankful that we have a high priest that at stands at the ready, that that did the work and offered himself, didn't have to offer a sacrifice for himself, but offered himself as a sacrifice. And as he offered himself as a sacrifice, he was a high priest who is now over and in charge of the business of God, the business of redeeming and rescuing sinners by the purchase that he made at Calvary. He's our high priest. And because we have this high priest, we can now enter into this new and living way. As we see that not only do we come by his blood, not only is it consecrated through his body, not only are we convinced by his business, but we find out in verse number 22 that we need to be confident in our belief. As a result of having these things, this new and living way, there is a result. There is a consequence. And so verse number 22 says, okay, as a result of these things, let me tell you what we need. And there's going to be three let us here in these verses. Let us draw near. Let us hold fast and let us consider. The first one we see here in verse number 22, he tells us that because of what Christ has done through his blood, through his body, because of the business of Calvary as our high priest, that we can be confident, first off, in our belief. Look at verse 22. Let us draw near with, that is, let us approach God. How do we do it? With a true heart 
in full assurance of faith. That is, we can have the utmost confidence in this work that's been done because it's been accomplished by the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Now, this goes on earlier on in the chapter um, and earlier on in chapter number nine, there is a reference here to the fact that there is no, the consciences have not been purged, that there has, that the inability of the Old Testament and the inability of the Old Covenant was that it could not affect the inside. It could not, could not purge our consciences. He's going to mention it um, in chapter nine in verse number 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Uh, He's going to talk about the heavens needing to be cleansed, and he's going to talk about the importance of the conscience, but the inability of the old, old covenant to be able to cleanse it. Now, here's what he's saying here in verse number 22. We can enter in. We can enter into this new and living way because the body of Christ, the blood of Christ, the business of Christ has made it possible now for us to come in full belief, in confident belief before God because he didn't just cleanse the outside. It wasn't just a ceremonial washing on the outside. Jesus has cleansed us on the inside. He says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Look at he says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Some believe that bodies washed with pure water is a reference to baptism, that he's what he's saying here in, in this is that the, the water of baptism is the evidence, the public display of what Christ has done on the inside. Others would say that it's a testimony, water and blood. Uh, we're always testi- testimony, uh, testifies, uh, of, uh, testifies of what Christ has done. But you'll notice here, as he says in verse 22, that we can be confident in our belief. Now in verse number 23, we see the second let us, that let us draw near. Turns into verse 23, let us hold fast. And in verse number 23, he talks about clinging with boldness, clinging with boldness. That is, we are laying hold and holding fast to our profession. Look at what he says. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. That is, not only can we boldly come to God, not only can we have confidence that our sins have been washed, not only can we give full testimony and come in full belief that Jesus Christ is the only way by which man can be saved, but in verse 23, we need to hold fast our profession. That is, remember the Jews have had problems. Uh, Earlier on in chapters 5 and 6, there were some problems with them maybe wanting to return back to old Judaism, wanting to return back to the old way, wanting to return back to uh, the way that they were comfortable with because they were uncomfortable with the work of Christ. And the goal of the writer here is to let them know you do not need to be. You do not need to be uncomfortable with the work of Christ. You can lay hold in full assurance of what you believed. Don't go back to old Judaism. Don't go back to what you used to believe. Hold fast the profession of your faith. Hold on to what you believe without wavering. That is, there's no reason to waver on this. You can have and enter into this in full belief. He says, and notice it's built on, this whole thing is, is built on the fact that God who, has, God who has promised this is faithful. That his characteristic is faithfulness. 
that we should know God and that we should understand that God is a faithful God. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Let's be confident in the blood of Christ. Let's be confident in the body of Christ. Let's be confident in the business of Christ as our high priest. Uh, let us, let's draw near to him in full assurance and let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Let's cling to him with boldness and confidence. And then in verse number 24, he tells us that we need to be considering his body, considering his body. Notice what he says in verse 24. This is different than the body of verse number 20. This is speaking of the body of Christ in regards to his church. Verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. As a result of this, we need each other. We need to lean on each other. We need to come together. We don't need to abandon one another. We don't need to abandon ourselves and go back to old Judaism, the old way of doing things. We need to continue on meeting together and fellowshipping together and worshiping together in community. We need each other, and we're going to need each other. We're going to see in the next verse more and more, not less and less. We need each other because of these profession. We need to the, the confidence. We need to draw near with full assurance. We need to hold fast our profession without wavering and consider one another. Uh, he tells us this third let us in verse 24. Let us consider one another. How should we consider one another? How should we think of one another? To provoke and to love and good works. We should encourage one another. Because of our faith, because of our confidence, because of our Lord, because of his work, we should turn to each other and we should provoke each other. We should, we should encourage one another to love and to good works, the work that Christ wants to do in our hearts and wants to do in our lives, to love one another and to do good works and to do the work of God in our community. And then lastly, in verse number 25, he tells us we need to be committed to the brethren committed to the brethren. Look what he says, verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Some were forsaking. Remember, some were going back to old Judaism. Some were departing. When you read 1 John 2, 19, that they departed from us for they were not of us. Uh, for if they were of us, they would have continued, no doubt continued with us. John makes it very clear that those that had departed were, were not really of them. They had left and they had departed the fellowship of the saints and departed the fellowship of God's people. And he tells them in verse 25 that we should not forsake the, for the assembling. Don't walk away from it. Don't walk away from, from the church and don't walk away from the other brethren. Stay, stick with one another because we need each other in these days. We, not only do we need confidence in our approach to Christ, but we also need to come to each other and help one another and support one another, encourage one another. There's so many people today that we see a great falling away. Uh, is in a result of of sickness and pandemic and all the things that have taken place. It's hastened this process of people who are falling away and not walking with Christ. But Jesus encourages us. We are encouraged here by the Lord Jesus, by the writer of Hebrews, to not forsake as some are doing. But notice he says, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, speaking to one another, preaching and praying with each other. And he says, and so much the more, so much the more, so much the more exhortation, so much the more meeting, so much the more worshiping, so much the more assembling as you see the day approaching. And this day is the coming of the Lord Jesus as we look ahead and look for him to come and come for us. And so he tells us to be committed to the brethren. Here in these verses, we see this new and living way. And not only how 
we can come and be before God and come to God because of this new and living way. But the doors and avenues that this new and living way opens up to hold fast our profession, to, uh, to again, draw near with a true heart and full assurance and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Consider one another to love and to good works. And so we look here in the, this text and we're encouraged to be able to know God, to walk with God. Let us draw near. Let us hold fast. Let us consider one another to provoke to love and good works. And we are looking at these verses and we know that we are living in, in these days, the, maybe the last of the last days, where we continue to need more of one another than we've ever needed before. I want to thank you so much for joining us in this Bible study on this Tune Up Tuesday. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope that you have questions for Thoughtful Thursday that you'll submit them to us so that we might answer them on a future broadcast. Then we also hope that you'll join us on Thursday as we get to one of our listeners' questions. Thank you so much for joining us today. May God bless you and the rest of your day, wherever you are. As Thank you so much for tuning in today to the Tune Up Tuesday here at Wisdom in the Word. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Wisdom in the Word podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show on your favorite podcast app and sharing something you've learned on social media. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope to see you next time on Wisdom in the Word.